up, everybody? Welcome to Sean and Lydia Happy Hour. It's the first time in a long time, but hey, we had to. Get, we were traveling. We had to take some time off, time to ourselves, recuperate, figure out what our next moves was for us. So, with that being said, we've got a really fun one for you this week. We're going to be discussing sticky memories. And uh, what do I mean by that? Well, it's definitely not anything to do with a sucker stuck underneath your leg in a car trip with a family or whatever. Or maybe it is. Or it is. It could be. Whoa. Yeah, you're right. You just like really blew my mind. (laughs) So basically what we're talking about now this week is memories that have stuck, imprinted memories, something that, you know, through your years, for some of us, decades... And we still have memories that are sticking with us, and these are just the fun ones. And we have some fun, like, sections of memories, like first memories, and what really has changed your life. So with that being said, memories that have, or choices that you've made that have changed your life or the course of your life to get you where you are now, this is based off of Lydia having a good idea for the topic, and then I actually running, me running across a... Me running across a tweet that was, tell me a decision that changed the trajectory of your life, but you can't say anything about your faith or getting married or having a kid, for instance. So that is where we're going to start. But of course, you know it's a happy hour, ladies and germs. So let's get to it. We got to, you know, if you got your favorite beverage, you got your favorite cold beverage or warm or whatever you want, make sure you lift them high with us, hang them high with us, and let's cheers. 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 We had to take a shot of tequila. We've had a really great week, and we're happy to be here with each of you. Thank you for allowing us to have a moment of your time and spreading some pronoia and some good vibes. So, Lydia, I'll let you kick it off. Where do we want to begin with these sticky, icky memories? Well, I just think it's interesting to look back at your life and try to remember the what is the first thing that you can remember, which is hard because we know memories are fallible. So it's kind of hard to tell sometimes if it's a real memory or it's a fabrication from your parents telling you about something. So, so true. we have to be mindful of that, but... Or tainted by the conversations you have with your parents or other people that may remember better than you or remember something else. Right, but the thing is that they're just reconstructing their own memory too. So it's basically... (laughs) So anyway, nothing is real. So anyway, that'll be the conclusion of this episode. (laughs) Um, No, but I mean, setting that aside, everyone look back and just think, what is the very first thing that you can remember? Or at least the very first several things that might stick out in your mind. Like, it's kind of impossible to say the very first thing that you remember. I mean, at least it is for me. But a few things that stand out. So the, one of the first things that came to mind when I was a little girl, my mom, I think, was uh, going to the bathroom while we were getting ready, I feel like, to leave the house. And while she was in the bathroom, I climbed on top of the dining room table And got the Tabasco sauce off the table and just like tried it, like put it on my tongue. Oh my. Wait, you you, climbed on top of the table and oh, because the Tabasco was just on there? Yeah. Like it was being kept there with like salt and pepper and stuff for dinner time. And I just climbed up there. I don't know. I must have had my eyes on it for a while or something. And I just like tasted it. And obviously, as a toddler, that's going to be like pretty painful like to taste tabasco sauce because that's a pretty spicy one so obviously it was just like a a wailing crying situation but i definitely remember that and probably because you know i think most of us know like anything that's going to be tied to like any sort of severe emotional i mean at that time you know trauma in a way like you had a serious emotional reaction touching the stove right you had a serious emotional reaction to that so it's easier to remember which really is just a evolutionary byproduct because like you just said, touching the stove, touching stove bad, like you, your brain evolved to remember things like that. So eating Tabasco bad (laughs) anyway. So that's something that stuck out. And then just, I just have all these memories of just throwing the worst tantrums in my room and I like when I would be sent to timeout, like there was a lock on the outside of the door, so I couldn't leave. And I just have I just have memories of just being in my room and just screaming bloody murder and just throwing the worst fit, probably about like the stupidest thing. 
you know, ever. And I, I had this window that I would look out that looked out towards the back walkway, like the walkway you would go to from our back door to our backyard. And I just remember conspiring how I, one day I was going to like jump out of that <laughs> window and I was going to like get the window open. And like I tried a few times to get the window open, but it's like an old house, you know. And Was this your dad's home on 31st? Yeah, okay. It's an old house, so it's not really that easy. I mean, anyone with an older home, especially a, a young child, is not going to be able to open like an old wooden you know, antique type window. So, I mean, I could never get it open. It was probably locked anyway. <laughs> nice. So, <clears throat> so anyway, I think I was a bit of a handful when it came to that kind of stuff, but. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm i with you. And I, as I was like thinking about these memories and thinking about this topic that you brought forth for us, it was hard for me to like distinguish between memories at, at, like in sequential order, right? Like it's hard for me to think about, okay, when I was two or even one or, you know, being born, nobody remembers that, but some people get reacquainted with it with a little bit of LSD. But, you know, like when you're two or three, okay, what happened when I was four? How about five? Was I in kindergarten? Was I about to go into kindergarten? It just, it's hard. So with that being said, I did my best coming up with a couple for you. And one of them is being had to have been four or younger and I was at home with my mom and I believe she was pregnant with Shy. So my sister Cheyenne was born in 94 and I don't know where Chantel was at that point. She was born in 91 and I'm born in 90. But anyway, I'm like three or four years old and my mom is, I'm at home with her while my dad's at work and she said something about being hungry. And so I'm like, oh, my mom's hungry. And so I went into the kitchen, filled up a pan of, turned the stove on, filled it up with water, put in some eggs for hard boiled eggs let it simmer and then saw, got it to a boil and I literally like burnt my <gasps> both of my hands. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I, it tipped over. It's too heavy for a little three, four year old. Like you I could have scalded your entire face and been disfigured for the rest of your life. <laughs> hey, my mom was pregnant with shy and in the tub, bathtub. So it's like, and you know, it's not, I'm not blaming anybody, but yeah, I scolded my, both of my hands and I had to have gauze hands. I look like Edward gauze hands. Like it was pretty wild. But like you were saying with the Tabasco sauce, the ability to recall memories that are tied to a sensation, that is where that's definitely a very easy way to recall something is tying, you know, like your first memory of this, of doing this, of, you know, all the above, like kissing a girl for me and kissing whoever for you listening to playing. Girl? I kissed a girl in the... Yay, yay, yay. The other one that's really prominent with me and it's been impacted with events that have occurred in my life over the last couple of years is when I was younger, I'm, I'm, I'm almost an Irish twin with Chantel. So I believe Irish twin technically is under a year to be like within a year of each other. We are one year, two months, three days, one, two, three. And so we are very close in age, very close in like up and like, um, development because women or girls develop quicker than men in a lot of categories so we're almost like neck and neck right but she was had the ability to just do something just like not hey nike you want to sponsor us but like just do it right so we're at the top of our slide that my dad just got us in our backyard really cool place set and we're about to go down it or i'm about to go down it and i because i'm the older one so i'm first in line to go down the slide for the first time after he just built it and i'm ready and then I'm just like wussy out. Like I completely like give like give up, throw in the towel, whatever you want to call it. And Chantel just just like freak on a leash, just like eh, just does it. And this <laughs> applied to getting potty trained. This applied to everything. She always just did things I was scared of, or I just couldn't like accurately at that age assess the risk. Of course, there's not much risk in going down a slide. Like, but when you're th two, three years old, you know. Or I guess I had to have been three because she was probably two. But she just did things. And I, I try to like, you know, after her passing, I try to like carry that on where it's just like, okay, you can just do it. You can be the first. You can be the leader. You don't have to be a follower. You know, just yeah. applications in anything in life. Yeah. But, well, at least you guys kept each other entertained. Like, I'm an only child, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I did fun things like accidentally handcuffing my ankle to my bed. <laughs> After the state fair, because that's what I got every year. You know, the little, anyone who is an Iowa resident knows the Iowa state fair. 
And any kid who spent a lot of time going to the Iowa State Fair knows that on your way out, if your parents were dope as fuck, you got to stop by on your way out. You had to hold onto this thought all day long. So excited. You got to stop by one of those little toy carts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you had to choose what you wanted. And you only got one thing. And every year it was either handcuffs or a Swiss Army knife slash comb. <laughs> and if that tells you anything about what kind of little kid I was, then there you go. Because You're the dopest kid. Every year it was one of those two things. It was either, it's a hard, to- it's a toss up. Are you going to get the Swiss Army knife comb, which for anyone who doesn't know is a switchblade that when you press the button, it's a comb comes Just out. a comb, yeah. Or are you going to get handcuffs? And back in the 90s, these handcuffs did not have a safety release. They put in the safety release after me, after they saw what I did. <laughs> so when I was at home one evening and my mom used to work at a frame shop in the mall, so those were later hours. So my dad was already home. My dad was in charge of me in the evenings. My mom wasn't home yet. I was getting into bed or just like playing around in my room by myself. And I had my handcuffs and for whatever reason, I handcuffed myself to my bedpost and we did not have the keys. Oh my God. The keys to those handcuffs have been lost for a long time. So my dad here at probably like 7 p.m. is coming in and sawing me with his literal saw from his toolbox. Saw from like the movie where they sawed off his leg, right? Basically, That's what your dad did. I mean, one little slip and like there goes my Lydia's little Lydia's leg. And then meanwhile, my mom's just like at work. She has no idea, right? So anyway, that's the kind of stuff that you get into when you're an only child. Yeah, there's. I'm really fortunate over like the course of the last few years, especially. Your mother has some great home films, home videos, which I love home videos. That's just another era. It's almost like uh, like that that way that those VHSs looked, or like even like the like the handy cam hard drive that you can only access with like if you have the red yellow and white cables anyway we've been fortunate enough to watch some of lydia's own like stylized out there like oh there was one of my favorites when you're like a rave girl like at age three you had one of those like twirly like ribbons (laughs) like that they use at raves now like the flow art of like the ribbon twirling yeah, you had one of those. You're going completely monster in the in the living room. <laughs> yeah, monster. It's like you are such a rave girl. You've been a rave girl the whole time. Rave babe. So where do you want to go from there? We're discussing first. Uh, I want to shimmy on over to a different kind of first, not one that's like first memory. Let's move over to first concert slash festival because I feel like that really applies to our current life and our current passions. And mine would be, and I'd love to start, is first concert was actually like year 2000. I've been trying to go through like the online archives, searching it forever, trying to find even a set list or a date. But it was Hanson just playing in like year 2000. It had to have been 90, summer 99 to summer 2000 in between there on a Saturday at Valley West Mall. They're just playing. And I just remember sitting at the second floor, like looking down and like peering through the glass. It was packed. That's like (laughs) at the peak Hanson, like, or maybe just as it's coming down. peak Hanson, man, peak Hanson. Well, three years after middle of (laughs) Moombop, you know, like, and this time around is about to come out. Anyway. And wouldn't you know it, the Valley West Mall booked them. Because the Valley West Mall did it. They had a middle of the day before they played some sort of arena around Des Moines. Wait, that is probably how I can find it. They played like a a midday, like three song set where they would sign people, kids' records at like the barns and whatever. Like, or what do you mean that's how you can find it? I can find it because they played an arena show of some sort, whatever arena we had back in 2000 or 99. I could search the internet. The kids don't care about this playing at home. What I wanted to really get into is finding friends through mayhem, and I'll get into that possibly a little bit later or another part two of this, this awesome idea that you had. But finding some people that got me into like heavier music, more emotional music, one would say alternative. And I got to go to Valair on September 6, 2007 to see the Academy is Armor for Sleep, Sherwood and the Rocket Summer. That is my first concert. If you don't count the Hanson in the Valley West Mall for three songs. 
ever. And that was like, I could not believe my eyes. Everywhere I turned, it was like, you had that such that sense of tribe. Like, wait, everyone's here to see and love that what I love. And like, this is like before, this is right where MySpace is like hot, red hot. So you're just discovering like, whoa, there's other people out there like me, the, the power of the internet, right? And so I saw mosh pits and during like Sherwood, which was like this piano guitar playing like total dork band. Hey, back then we got our mosh on whenever we could. That's what I'm saying. So during them, Chad, you know, in my wedding party, one of my best friends in the world gets his teeth knocked up into (gasps) him, like straight up get in the mosh pit. For freaking Sherwood. Like, if anyone goes home, like, mute this and go listen to a Sherwood song. This is not a band that you would ever think a mosh pit would occur. But the energy, the well, the welling up of the energy of, like, this kind of, like, years. Like, you know, Thursday is the most prominent band. Thrice. We're talking three sweets, three cheers for Sweet Revenge, my, the Academy, uh, my Chemical Romance, Fallout Boy. Like, everyone's just, like, really killing it, like, out there. Panic at the Disco is, like, the hottest thing around. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm talking about, like, popular music, clearly. Yeah, it's interesting, Sherwood, because Sherwood Forest. Yeah, no, for real. Interesting connection between your early music years and... Yeah, so Chad gets his face knocked in. Like, he had teeth that were, like, quarter inch up, I, I believe. I might be recalling it incorrectly. But he was able... He went to the emergency room and he couldn't, I don't think he was able to come back or he did come back and pick me up. Don't recall. I didn't have a license or I just got my license. I think I drove separate. Anyway. License to party. Yeah. So the, but the favorite act of the night, besides seeing the first mosh pits, besides seeing your best friend get his teeth knocked into his skull, seeing armor for sleep, play songs that I had been spinning on repeat was just incredible and that's ignited me for now 15 years this september i've been going to concerts festivals so do you recall your first first concert that was like super impactful for you like it may not have to be the first one like for me for i do but i feel like we skipped over all of our childhood memories and we went straight to adolescence which is okay but my, we, I was just talking to Mikey Schuler. I just got tattooed a couple of days ago and he was just, you know, making conversation and he asked about, cause we have kind of like similar interests, like our background in music was similar coming up in the scene and so forth. And he was just asking, Oh, what, you know, his favorite was like a May Day parade, like concert at the house of bricks, you know, in Des Moines, like back when the house of bricks. So he's like, Oh, what was your, you know, house of bricks experience and house of bricks for anyone in Des Moines. I think it probably was a lot of our first concert experience. And I would say when I was a kid, I went to like several concerts and so forth with my parents and I'm not going to count that. I'm going to say like the first one I chose to go to like actively. That's a good way. Gail and I went to see Kill Hannah and the Pink Spiders at House of Breaks. And that was our first. That's like, we're so emo. Like we're into emo. You know, I think we were, we had to have been 14. Honestly, like going into high school. Yeah, it would have been freshman year, I'm remembering yeah. now, because I can remember the boyfriend that I had at the time, and he sure. wasn't there, you know, like, that's how I'm remembering. No, it would have been sophomore year, actually. Okay. It would have been, like, in, in between freshman, sophomore, or sophomore year, but that was, like, yeah, I mean, it seems like that's kind of crazy that would be my first, but, yeah, that's what I would consider, like, my first, and that really kick-started, you know, I was already, like, interested in alternative music, emo music, and that kind of thing, but that probably would have really kick-started me into exploring you know, new bands and kind of getting into that. Anyone who was in that, that generation coming up, like that whole, that first emo scene, that like notorious MySpace, Zanga, Zanga (laughs) into MySpace, like emo scene queen, you know, that, that kind of a thing. So that was like the kickstart of all of that. (laughs) The promotional photos that people would take used to be on the cover or within like a magazine, like the Rolling Stone or the alternative press. And it slowly warped into the press photos would be their profile picture. It's like, whoa, that's what this dude looks like. He plays the bass. You know, if you love the guitar, you love the vocalist, you got to really see them and you got to be able to like really dig into them through their MySpace and their posts. And like, you got to see if they had any weird dude going off making those like forum posts i oh, mean myspace was so wild oh was their profile badass did they have automatic playing music 
Yeah, it was it was weird too because in order to have a lot of that stuff on your MySpace, you actually had to know how to code, like basically. And that's why I didn't have a lot of that. Like there was things, and mind you, like Googling anything took a century because it was like our internet connection was slow. And I remember like looking up a few things so that, you know, my profile was like not totally trash. But if you wanted any of that special stuff, like you kind of needed to teach yourself to code, which is kind of cool when you think about it. Because yeah. the kids who had like the totally customized MySpaces, they, it's because they knew like at least basic HTML. Or yeah, they got linked up with a website that had a hundred ads that was like use the powered by iHeart. Whatever. Whatever, yeah. I remember um, ordering extensions. Finally, I got my mom to green light. Because back then, you you know, like, kids don't have a credit card. You don't have a credit card in high school. Now I'm sure everyone does. But it's like, I didn't have a credit card. I mean, that's crazy. Why would I have a credit card? So to order something online, you had to give, like, basically some stranger your credit card information. And I somehow got my mom to green light. And so did Gail us to get these extensions from this one particular like myspace scene queen like these like my god leopard print like extensions and things that's hilarious i mean anyway we're kind of derailing but these are just like the things that come to your mind when you start to think about your first concert and how it shaped you i don't want to sit over here and be like i'm alternative man like so alternative but i mean yeah we were into like alternative music we didn't want to like go along with the the mainstream or whatever and that's kind of the beginning of all of that which led me down like a pretty specific road from being like i'm emo i'm into metal now i'm into hardcore now and like all these different phases that you that you go through in life and i've never boxed myself off by any any means or at least i've not tried to there's definitely a few years where like ironically like i was making fun of uh, electronic music but i think like anyone there's so many electronic artists that started in punk and started in metal. And that's because it's just like a similar idea, right? It's like... There's a through line. It's a counterculture movement to be a part of punk or metal music or kind of any of those sister genres, right? So then when you get older, some people naturally progress into other genres. And EDM is also a counterculture, even though some people might not view it that way. But it really is. <laughs> yeah, for real. Until it became the culture, which started in 2010, when the festival's lineups shifted from rock bands or alternative rock bands being the headliners to these EDM, EDM artists. And we but even of- some EDM artists... Art can like shift to the mainstream, but those anyone who's calling like EDM mainstream hasn't heard the EDM that I've heard. <laughs> the thing about popular music is it's it provides you with a broad message, right? You're I go to the party and I have a good time, but like e- emo music, emotional indie alternative provides you with a very narrow message. As a kid, you're looking for those messages that apply to your life, you know, the sadness that you're going through or the, the really tough moments. So yeah, that's, I totally agree. Like uh, those first five, seven years almost of my life and still continuous, uh, part of my life, emotional music, indie alternative, indie rock, however you want to apply it. I mean, my first tattoo is Radiohead. Like I'm very much a very heady music listener. I'm very much wanting to not listen only passively. It's tough for me to listen to music when I'm working. Uh, But let's carry on because there's so much more. And like I said, guys, if you're having a fun time with us, keep it locked on Sean and Lydia Happy Hour. You can write us at seanandlydia at gmail.com and we'll answer your questions. We'll bring you up on the episode if you would like we can hip we can name you hip-hop anonymous if you don't want your name list read uh, you know (laughs) you know what honestly no if you're if you're having a good time keep it to your goddamn self okay (laughs) that's kind of disgusting no but if you're you're listening it's not that great okay if you listen to this please write to us send us a text if you know us personally and let us know what you want us to discuss in other future episodes we really appreciate you at sean s johnson on twitter or instagram or just text me if you know me personally lydia is at lyddz on instagram text her if you know her anything even just a hey this you're enjoying this you know you can do that while you're listening so we really appreciate all of you out there joining us in uh in this moment in time so let's move forward though we talked about our first 
concerts, which was really fun because we already had a pre- our episode zero. We talked about our favorite, you know, that came to mind at the moment. But let's move forward into another impactful situation in life, which is your first music festivals. And if everyone that listening knows us well enough to listen to us, that's for sure. But you know that the music festivals are have been a huge part of our lives. For Lydia and I, this coming June, if you don't count Van's Warp Tour, which is essentially the Hanson and Valley West Mall for festivals, in my opinion. So if you don't count that, <laughs> then you are, uh, you, you know, you're shifting gears to your first actual camping festivals which, or multi-day, you know, that's what I would really apply it to. So Lyd, I know that you and I have the same first music festival which is very beautiful and so i'd love to hear some more about electric forest 2014 rothbury michigan june 26th to the june 29th 2014 excuse me picture a young lid and a young sean are like on the precipice of adulthood basically we had known each other for how long at that point we've been living together um, for a little over a year probably we met on march 23rd 2013 we moved in together End of or beginning of October. So, yeah, we had lived together for eight months. So, we're young, impressionable adults like sponges, you know, at that point. Like, we have just enough knowledge to make us dangerous, but not enough to know better, kind of a thing. And Shayna, one of my best friends, Shayna, she introduced this idea because of a friend she had, Jackie Maxwell. So, shout out to them both. Because if it Cheers wasn't, them. It, things could have been a little bit different if it wasn't for their influence. But Shayna kind of introduced this idea like, hey, have you seen Electric Forest? Have you looked at Electric Forest? She's showing me like the videos. I'm like, wow, that looks like a lot of fun. You know, I'm a little into EDM at that point, but not like deep. At that point, we had probably gone to see um, RL Grime. You know, we're kind of getting into like RL Grime and some of, some of that kind of a genre, like more like the trappy genre so, music. Let me chime in real quick here. Yeah, you're so right. I have to stop you right there. It was July 2013, and so summer of 2013, with Daft Punk being so big, Kendrick Lamar and Daft Punk, that's all I remember. So Daft Punk really did help facilitate a swift exchange into the electronic dance music world. But it was July 2013 where we went and saw the infamous, one of the famous shows in my catalog of Rolodex of shows, where we got to see... R.L. Grime and Bauer do a back-to-back, the most legendary, one of the most legendary EDM shows of all time. But anyway, so we're, we're a year after that. But right, so my point is we're just dipping our toes in, right? So this interests us enough. I'm like, whoa, I see this, like, I see this basically trailer is what you'd call it for Electric Forest. And I was like, whoa, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it because I was like, that is the shit and that is where i need to be so anyway no hold on the trailer had passion pits take a walk yeah. which is one of the most quintessential <laughs> babe you know how many artists over the course of covid had live streams that made me freaking tear up and cry because i got to hear take a walk because of that trailer you're, that you're right talking about 2013's recap trailer trying to sell 2014's was passion pits take a walk look it up on youtube yeah. right now and it i is- just want to preface like i just want to preface like i know we talk about electric force a lot and it's probably like a broken record kind of annoying but the reason i'm talking about it is because this was like the first of a long, still going strong, of Sean and Lydia being just enthralled and in love with this music festival experience. So that's why this is kind of important because of of all the experiences in my adulthood, this is like so prominent and there is no doubt about it that this created an absolute fork in my life is being introduced to this idea of going to Electric Forest, Jackie Maxwell, Shayna's friend, now our friend, of course, friend, of course, uh, had been there for several years before. She's been going, I'm pretty sure, since it started. And she's like one or two years later when it started being I don't even think she is. I'm pretty sure she's been there since the start. So sorry, Jackie, you'll have to fact check us. You've been there. You've been the OG. So anyway, you're right. taking us. So she was like guiding us because at that time, it's just, it's just helpful. If you've ever been to a camping festival you've never been to, it's especially if it's your first time going to a camping festival. I mean, it's very helpful to have someone who knows what the hell is going on. So anyway, um, we end up all going. Not only do we go, we met Daniel Turner, Becca, 
out-of-town Becca Pruitt, who had already been to like Bonnaroo and summer camp. They had been like on a three-week or it was like maybe a one-week break in between. They had been on this like tirade going from music festival to music festival and they met us up there and we all went together. We went with a whole Des Moines crew plus The Muskegon Walmart. Can't forget about that. That's where we meet everyone now. Right. That's where it started. Totally. That's where the beauty all started. So anyway, of course, we rendezvous. We have an excellent, wonderful time. And it started a beautiful f- chapter of just like an exposure to this. And it was like, yeah, I like this. And I'm going to keep doing this as much as possible. So that was, and and the rest is history, man. I mean, here we are. That was what we were age what? We, I was 22, about to be, or 23, you were 22. I was 22, and now I'm about to turn 30 well, in a couple You just turned 23, weeks. sorry. You just turned 23. But. I had just turned 23. So as a, a in a couple weeks, it's been seven years of uh, going to festivals like that and raving hard, and I wouldn't change anything for the world. And it, if it wasn't for going to Electric Forest and having that excellent experience with all those wonderful people... Our lives and our personalities and the way we are and the things that we like would have been totally different. We may have, you know, liked EDM a little bit, a fair amount or whatever, but for the fact that it would consume like half of my personality in a good way, like probably would never have happened if it wasn't for someone being there to like introduce you to that and you having that great experience. Yeah. Well said. Well spoken and appreciate you sharing your, a little bit of your heart with the listeners uh, yeah, as far as Electric Force is concerned, there has been a few years there where, you know, this is a hundred plus line artist lineup. We're talking some of these artists are playing four days, you know, these lower tiered or lesser known is a better way to put it. Artists are playing four sets. You know, they're playing a forest set. They're doing a DJ set in the forest. They're doing like one a good stage set. You know, they have so much effort to put forth because they know the people there at Forest. Also, it's a for it's a friendship of it's a community of love. There's like an incumbent. There's a giving tree for Pete's sake. Like people leave money or cigarettes or lighters. You know, how many times do you need a lighter as a festival goer? Not me. Not me, sir. Never need one. Never, <laughs> never will need one. Honestly, that's what I always say. They leave candy, which is for people that don't know. It's like handmade bracelets that have messages on them that communicate like a reminder or during moments of time where you need it. Uh, the, but what I'm getting at is like Forrest was has never been about the music, although there have been insane years that have the best lineups of my life. But it's always been about that community, that sense of tribe. That's the through line I've I'm really been realizing over the last few years, especially with going through a pandemic and going through those moments where like, whoa, I have like I have no ties to anybody because I can't because of trying to keep everyone safe in my homestead, you know? And like so I'm really realizing like I am I've some I have moments of intro, introvert, but I just took it again. I just took the test again, whatever it's Myers Briggs. I'm eighty eight percent extrovert, right? So like I need to be around people until I need recharge. But that's what I'm talking about. You wake up together. You just went through heck together in a good way. Like the good kind of heck with unicorns and rainbows where you're like waking up hungover a little or but mainly like you're just like tore up tired because you all dance together oh, you can do anything though yeah the energy of the people like who cares like the energy I'm, of the I'm music. out there i'm like okay four yeah. hours of sleep no problem four four hours festival time that's like an eight hour regular time totally. of sleep so <laughs> that's great Did i get four hours of sleep perfect let's go <laughs> yeah yeah you got to find some shade for a little bit maybe take a little <laughs> snooze catch some z's but yeah you are you're so right like as soon as because you're around a, a welling uh, it's like a it's a never-ending well of energy. energy. So yeah, I suppose it's as like, an extrovert, it's like you're going to be okay. Like you can get two hours of sleep and you'll be okay yeah. because you're kind of like, you're an energy vampire. And no, I'm just kidding. Lydia, think about that. <laughs> you're just getting all your energy from the environment and other people. And like, you're not going to stop. For think nothing. of the catalog. I'm going to use the word term again, Rolodex, because we're watching Better Call Saul, y'all. But the Rolodex, the the list of friends that we've gone to Electric Forest with, the list of friends we've gone to multiple forests with, like for for that sense. But think of like their different personalities and just think about like, wow, I had like I had the opportunity to hang out with this introverted 
awesome dude. Like that is never, we aren't like super close with anymore. Thinking of calling Nicewanger. Like got to experience force and he came back to camp telling the best stories about how he lone wolfed it. Think about Brandon Paulson who lone wolfed the out of 2014 first force that's when we first met him <laughs> yeah going to forest he picked us up in his big suv and he or like he met up we carpooled and caravaned which is our go-to now uh but we that's when we first met him he was in the driver's seat with the window down i was like hey my name's sean you know <laughs> like that's like this coolest thing and these like some of these people are in your life still and some of these people aren't you know friendships and relationships are like an ocean the waves come in the waves go out I mean, you can apply that to anything like grief, but sticking on forest, my, my, I buried the lead, but my main thought is that it was never about the music. Although I'm fortunate to say almost every forest, I had at least a list of 10 artists. I was so excited to see. Definitely. It didn't, it didn't matter. And it was to the point. Yeah. I was like, we're buying after like year two, it's like, we're buying our tickets no matter what. Because there's no doubt about it that there's going to be at least a solid, there's no doubt about it that there's going to be a great collection of artists each day that you're going to be interested in and enjoy. And if for some reason there's not, the atmosphere is so enjoyable that you might find a few artists that you didn't realize that you liked so much when you're there. And it's not about, it's, it definitely is so not about the artist at all. Like after experience it, experiencing it for a couple years and realizing that it's not like anything else out there, it's not about the music. It's about the experience. It's about the waking up at camp with your friends. It's about walking through the forest. It's about seeing that set at that one special stage and catching that secret set wherever and the hilarious story on your way back to camp. Like, it's about that. It's not about seeing Skrillex. It's, it's not about, about that at all. It's about finding wonder and, and, and enjoy in, like, the small things. It's, it's a, almost like it's... Walking to a set is, like, where you could... Yeah, that's where half the fun even happens. <laughs> walking to the set, walking in, just getting through security is fun. I mean, all of it's fun. It's Everyone's like, high-fiving because it's like, yo, we just got a beer in or yeah. whatever. And it's, it's <laughs> just, like, uh, suspended in this area of the universe that isn't supposed to exist in our society. It's everything is suspended... We're not working anymore. All of us are here to do nothing but have fun and be good to other people and enjoy ourselves. It's just pure hedonism. It's five days of doing absolutely whatever you can think of and be safe and, and have don't fun hurt and, be, anyone else. and don't hurt anyone else. But absolutely anything that you can think of goes. You're just like a little kid again. And so anyway, and that and that that trans uh, translates to other music festivals as well. So my point is that like I learned these things the first couple of years going and I'm like, I'm never going to stop this. How am I ever going to stop this? I, I see Sean and I as even, even if we were to have children to even still probably go to a music festival once a year at least. Oh God, yes. <laughs> and just let loose because it's so important to have an outlet where you can just not be a part of society's rules anymore. I remember being there and just being like, there's no fucking rules here. No. There's no rules. I mean, obviously you need to keep others safe and you can't like straight up do, you know, a gun heist at the <laughs> convenience store. But I just mean you can otherwise just be yourself 100% ever in most other people there are totally receptive to that and okay with that. And they're there doing the exact same thing as you. Everyone that's listening at home is probably thinking the same thing that I am right, right now, which is, yes, music festivals are such an important aspect of our life still to this day. I mean, we've already had plans to go to a couple music festivals and we have more plans and expectations for Halloween and, and whatever. So there's so much to Electric Force. We could have its own, our own episode. There's so many things we haven't covered, but there's a couple more things I'd like to cover, which are we saw two of our best friends in the entire world get married at Electric Forest. Not like, you know, they did a ceremony and then, you know, like after they got home, we did like a, a ceremony because it was like a play ceremony. No, this was a ceremony where we had somebody that could marry them, whatever it's called. Isaac was ordained, ordained minister or whatever you want to call that person. 
Isaac married friend of the group married these two people right and then the following year you and I get engaged there you know there's so many like there's this is the most important place you know when I was thinking about and hearing this awesome uh quote by Ram Dass so if you don't know him look him up please uh he's definitely changing my life daily but there's this there's these like not quotes but like these thoughts about like death and like how it all works and like where do you want to go out if you leave your body and you know like getting a little heady sure but I want to get my ashes spread on that double J ranch at this moment because of the fact of all those memories that I have had in my life and like come on like this place is home there's so much that we can say about Electric Force. Thank you for opening your heart to our listeners and me about the impact it's had on your life because you know just as well as me that it's had a huge impact on mine. And it was our first festival we got to share together. But there's so much that we can talk about. There's like a whole episode that we could record together while talking about Electric Forest. And two things I want to say real quick are, three things are, we got to see our two best friends get married there. And I'm not talking about a normal, okay, they had like a fake marriage and, uh, you know, he put the ring on the finger and then we had, uh, you know, a new marriage or ceremony after. No, they got married. We had a friend that got ordained or was ordained, Isaac, Nick and Shana. They got married at Electric Forest in the forest, in deep in the forest. They had their bachelorette and bachelor parties at Forest the first night. It was, you couldn't have asked for a better wedding. I mean, at the place that we all call home, us four, you know, if not the whole massive group of friends that we have. So then we got engaged the next year, right? So like it, the, the line goes continuously goes in forward as far as like how impactful this festival is for us. But, and Ram Dass has been playing a huge part in my life as of late, in my life as, as far as creating neural pathways of realizing interconnectedness and whatnot. And basically, he has this documentary on Netflix. You should all look it up. It's called Going Home. And it is about his final weeks and months of his life. I mean, he, he's not 80 something years old and his body's about to give way to his spirit, to wherever the other astral plane is for him to, to give his teachings forth. But in that documentary, he talks about the facts of like, you know, wanting to like spread his ashes or like, I, 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 he has like some sort of like talk where he talks about spreading the ashes somewhere you love or whatever. And I've been listening to his podcast and stuff. Anyway, the whole thought of getting my ashes spread at Double JJ Ranch would be like pretty much how I feel, at least at this point, at age 30 in my life. I would love to like have that happen if I were to pass away, you know, because of the impact that Electric Force has had on my life. Yeah, so I think something that would be important to touch on before we conclude today's episode, after you said that, Sean, definitely rings a bell, is... And I know there's going to be some criticism criticism from this at home, but I'm just being 100% honest is that the Joe Rogan experience when we were young adults, you kind of introduced me to that podcast. When we first started dating, I had been listening to Joe Rogan for two or three and years. And I had not point. really at all. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even think I, yeah, I didn't listen to podcasts. I didn't know what that was, but listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and obviously I realized that there is a lot of criticisms you can give him, et cetera, et cetera. But regardless of all of that, you cannot deny the fact that to the layman who has never talked about psychedelics or known anything about psychology or just like different strange thoughts in the world, someone who never spent a lot of time, it completely opened my mind to a lot of different ways of thinking and changed my train of thought and most importantly introduced me to someone who and I don't I, I'm probably using this word a little bit too lightly, but I like to describe Duncan Trussell as my guru. And I would not have known about Duncan, most importantly, not just Joe Rogan, but most importantly, I would not have ever known about Duncan if it wasn't for listening to Joe Rogan experience podcast. And so because of that podcast, I was introduced to Joe Rogan and because, excuse me, because of Joe Rogan's podcast, I was introduced to Duncan Trussell. 
And because of Duncan Trussell, I've been introduced to even more heady ideas, even more philosophical, because if anyone's given that podcast the time of day, you know that it's just a little bit more heady, a little bit more woo-woo, a little bit more <laughs> philosophical. Be, I'm not really sure how else to describe be it. depending on the guest, sure. Yeah, it can be, depending on the guest. But Duncan was in with Ram Dass's kind of crew. Like, he's been to Ram Dass's house in Maui. His, his, his guru. His mentor, mentor. Not guru. That's Raghu Marcus, I believe, that he calls his guru. But Ram Dass is a very important figure, and so I just mean by a series of events, if it wasn't for the Joe Rogan Experience podcast in my early 20s, I would never have experienced Duncan and I would never, I I don't know about never, I may have, you know, stumbled upon him, but I just mean leaving that up to chance. I may never have known anything about the spiritual teachings of Ram Dass and the things that, that everything that he brings along with it. And so it's a whole package that, I would like to think has made me at least a slightly better, more <laughs> empathetic human by no means, you know, preaching enlightenment over here. But if it wasn't for Joe Rogan's podcast in my early 20s, I don't think that I would even have a fraction of the foresight and introspection that I do today. Yeah, you're so right. And I also had that on my list of topics to discuss because I was brought uh, introduced to Joe Rogan experience by Nick Hamilton. Hey brother out there. I love you so much. Uh, you introduced me to, to Joe Rogan experience in like episode 280, like literally 2011. We're talking in a moment in my life where that is, it's playing in the return on that investment of listening to the Joe Rogan experience at that point in my life is so great. I had just dropped out of college. I had of Iowa, I, University of Iowa. I was so depressed, did not know where I wanted to go with my life. I felt like a failure, but I had somebody that was bringing forth people that would give me teachings and people that would enlighten me or and show me and big thinkers that would influence how I perceive the world. So, I mean, I have a list, well, super long, but I'm only going to name of three. So, Duncan Trussell's up there. He's always been someone that can go rattle off a beautiful thought pattern of how you can, like, align your life in a way or look at it almost like putting on shades. And this is kind of how Ram Dass is in my eyes. Putting on these shades when it's too sunny out, that feeling that you get of protection, but also being able to view the world without having to squint. It's almost like you can see the world because you have this protection. Like that's how I look at Duncan Trussell and right along with him, Ram Dass. But also there's people out there like Tim Ferriss that I got to discover through Joe Rogan. So I don't want to give all the credit to Joe Rogan, okay? Joe Rogan experience is great. I I don't think I've closed that chapter on my life. Like I've watched the a uh, couple or li- excuse me, listened to a couple since he's moved to Spotify September 1st, 2020. But he makes it accessible to the layman on that yes, topic. He makes strange ideas accessible to people who otherwise may never have entertained such an idea. Yeah, that's true. It's, yeah, big thinkers that can influence you in a good way or and teach you to not think that way if we're thinking about Ben Shapiro. So, but Tim Ferriss is up there for me. I have all of his books. I love the 4-Hour Body, 4-Hour Work Week, Tribe of Mentors. I mean, the list goes on for him. And I, that is my go-to podcast. If I want to learn about somebody and I want to listen to an interview with Hamilton Morris or I want to listen to an interview with anybody Matthew McConaughey was one of my really good favorite ones he the interview he had with Jamie Foxx is monumental and then he did a part two which is so good and it's just you're getting an in in you're getting an insight and you're getting a view into those people's lives and how they think and how they've created this and how they've done what they've done in their life so the third one I'll say is Paul Stamets Paul Stamets is a scientist a mycologist very much had shared his life's long journey into understanding the world of psilocybin, understanding the world of mushrooms, and really like opening that like possibility of just like mushrooms as a nurture, a nurturing mushrooms as nutrition, like lion's mane, chaga, 
turkey tail if you have cancerous tumors his mother had stage four breast cancer and his knowledge of mycology and his belief in mushrooms saving the world it's about damn time we believe it she fed her pure turkey tail extract for months and she got cured or reduced the the size of her stage four tumors you know so hearing that there's like there's people out there dr Rhonda patrick neil degrasse tyson you know the list goes on of these big thinkers that can influence you and shape shift your world into a different you know give you a fork in the road and hey i'm gonna go down the keto learning about like health and keto or i'm gonna keep going down the path of eating whatever the heck i want you know so there joe rogan experience should not get like you know, more than a few minutes on this episode, on our first episode of Sticky Memories on Sean and Lady Happy Hour, but it should still get some recognition because of the role it did play in my 20s and yours of influencing and providing us with people that can think big and also think, like, provide you with a framework to figure out your own life, figure out your own development. I totally agree. And I would just like to thank everyone for their time and energy. If you've sat through all of this to listen, I'd like you to think back about your memories, the good ones, and think about where things may have changed for the better or for the worse um, in your life and just to understand those memories a little bit more. And before we leave today, if everyone could just go, oh. Thank you for listening to Sean and Lydia Happy Hour. My cat's bored as heck, so we got to go play with the little laser pen or something. We hope he gave you a little bit of enjoyment during your happy hour, wherever you are, whenever this you're listening to this. And please reach out to us at seanandlydia at gmail.com or on our socials. Or if you know us personally, please text us any thoughts that you have about the podcast. Please log on to Spotify, wherever you're listening at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review, good or bad. We want to hear your feedback, and we also want to get the listenership up. We love doing this. This is a passion project for Lydia and myself, and so we love you very much. Thank you very much for being in our lives, and we look forward to the next one. Thank you. Peace.